Welcome to Following the Leaders, the Leadership Southern Indiana podcast. I am your host, Jesse Rasmussen. A quick note before we jump into uh, this month's interview with Corey Cochran. It actually ran a little bit long. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Corey is not only to get more of his experience with Leadership Southern Indiana, his leadership journey, but also I wanted to talk a little bit more about what River Hills does in relationship, especially to the Ready Grant. And so if you are unfamiliar with that, I have included that that little bit as a bonus second episode. Now, you can listen to this without listening to that one. You're going to miss a few things, but they are both self-contained, but I thought it was too good to not include. Speaking of time, let's get right into it. Our guest today, he is the executive director of the River Hills Economic Development District. Uh, He is also a part of the Discover 2019 class, which is currently sitting as the official best class ever. If you don't know what that means find out what that means because, you know, next year we're gunning for you. Uh, It is Mr. Corey Cochran. Welcome. Jesse, great to be here. I appreciate your time, man. You are a, uh, you're a Southern Indiana guy. You've been here all your life, right? Yep. Uh, New Albany High School grad? New Albany High School grad. Go Bulldogs, 2006. Okay, good deal. All right, we can continue the conversation. Yeah. So how do you get from, you know, you graduate high school, how do you get to here? I mean, there's there's a lot in this, you know, I always call it your leadership journey. How, yeah. do, you, how, do, you, how do you get here? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Jesse, I'll tell you kind of personally, you know, graduating high school, actually I wrote a paper uh, saying that I was going to be president of the United States one day. I mean, you, you listen, you're, you're, you're not quite old enough yet. So, I mean, there's still time, Corey. There's still time. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think I even created a Facebook page back when Facebook was for college kids. Right. But nonetheless, um, went off to college. I thought, you know, let's get educated um, and then let's move back to the community. After college, I ended up working up in Indianapolis for a few years uh, for the Indiana Department of Education, worked in government affairs. So really got to know the the government process, both from the state level, local level, things like that, all things education. Uh, One of the best jobs I've ever had. Uh, My wife and I, we ended up getting jobs back here, back home, Uh, worked at Ivy Tech for a little while. So still in that education sector. But at that point, I was on the community side, working with the community on the foundation. So again, it was economic development, education slash public relations, um, and then ultimately led to the River Hills job. So I assume that since you graduate high school and you decide I'm going to be president, like, so leadership aspiration, when did that start? So my grandfather actually was in politics locally for many, many years. A lot of people know him. And I always just looked at him um, and he was a leader um, in every sense of the word. And he was a leader by doing different things. You know, whether it was his job at IUS or whether it was when he was actually state legislature. But at the end of the day, everybody looked at him and just saw a leader, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you agreed or disagreed with his politics. And that's what I always liked about it is I always kind of wanted to be that person that could lead when needed. So the the political aspirations, I'm not going to say that they're not there anymore, but I certainly have given up on the presidential dream. Um, Again, you know, you're you're a young man. You got time. I appreciate that, Jesse. But uh, I still enjoy being being a leader for my team at the end of the day. And that's where my focus is today. Whatever the future holds, I, you know, I hope to be a leader. I hope to be someone that the community can rely on and count on. But as of today, my leadership role is with my team and my family. So are you of the the mind, are leaders born or are they created? And I'm going to answer it as a politician. I don't think you have to choose one. Um, <laughs> Emily so, did the same thing to me. Oh man. I, I got actually, you know, I'll talk about Emily in a minute, but um, yeah, that was a great podcast. I loved listen to that. Well, so, thank you. That's yeah. why I had you on. You buttered me up. No, yeah. I'm kidding. I would tell you, I, especially academically, I didn't, I wasn't the person that was going to ever be, you know, on paper, a good leader. 
Um, but I always had the social skills. Right. Um, I was always able to talk. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, meet people, connect, network. Mm-hmm. So I've got leadership capabilities or characteristics is a better word. Yeah. So maybe a little bit of both. Since maybe high school, it kind of a light bulb went off and I was like, I, I do. I want to be on the leadership side instead of the following side. And so I think that's when I kind of kicked it on high gear. And I, I kind of looked back and I said, all right, I've got to do this, this right. and this so that I can be a leader someday. See, I appreciate hearing that because, you know, the, the, the goal with this podcast is to speak to people who approach leadership from very different positions. You know, I know people that had no desire whatsoever to be in a leadership position and found that they're quite capable at it and actually do enjoy it. And then others I know have been driven, have been dragged into it, kicking and screaming, do a great job, still not comfortable in that spotlight. And I think you're a very healthy mix of both. I will tell you, yeah, and I I like that you said that because um, I do consider myself being able to lead, Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm not able to lead unless I've got a team behind me, right? Mm -hmm. And um, whether it's work or family related, I I truly feel like I've got the best team in the world. How does Leadership Southern Indiana get brought into this? You know, I don't really remember when Leadership Southern Indiana got on my radar. If I had to guess, I'd say probably 2014-ish, probably coming out of college maybe. And I just always saw it as an amazing networking organization. And also, you know, what I came to, what come to find out is the things that I learned in Leadership Southern Indiana are applicable to any career. Absolutely. Um, And so for me, being young, going into Leadership Southern Indiana, I knew that it was going to be an amazing program. I I did discover Focus. I should probably say that I have not done the Elevate program. But from the the beginning, I knew that Leadership Southern Indiana was going to be good for multiple reasons. And I'm a huge network guy. Mm -hmm. Like, if if I have to say, what am I good at? Um, If you give me two things, I'd say probably eating donuts and the other is networking. I mean, Um, you know, one can help with the other. Yeah. You know, so, but no, seriously, um, Leadership Southern Indiana, I saw it and I said, I've got to be involved with that organization because Southern Indiana has so many good, educated, hardworking people. And this is an organization that connects all those people. There's, there's really no other organization that does that just for the sole purpose of creating leaders. Part of the other reason why I'm doing this podcast is, you know, I joined, I joined, I've been with Leadership Southern Indiana for a year. I have grown up in Southern Indiana most of my life. Now, granted, I worked in the media in Louisville, but I was not aware until this job opportunity came up. And so, you know, one of the things that I want to do is uncover some more of those stories and and members like yourself, because it's like we are sort of, I don't want to say we're the silent partner because that, I think that's overstating what we do, but we very much help people like yourself and we, you know, networking, relationship building is like, we like to do it. I mean, there's just so many things that are sort of weaved into that tapestry that, you know, you sometimes forget. You're like, man, this, this cake tastes really good. And it's like, well, we're part of that recipe. We didn't make it, but yeah. we're in there. And so I, I'm trying to shine a bigger spotlight on those, those kinds of things. Yeah, no, and that's a good way of saying it too. And honestly, again, going back to when I first saw Leadership Southern Indiana, I didn't know at that, at that immediate time how, you know, I was going to be involved or how Leadership Southern Indiana was going to help me. But, you know, 
being in a, in a young professional career, I kept seeing it yeah. and I kept noticing it. And eventually it was just like, I've got to do this. Um, now, was it something that I needed to further my career or was it something that I needed to learn certain leadership characteristics? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, one of, it's, it's hard to say. It is. It is. But at the end of the day, it is an organization within our region that's doing impactful work by connecting leaders um, and teaching leadership skills. So. Man, all right, we're done. Well, that's all I need for yeah. now. No, awesome, um, cool. But no, so uh, do you have any uh, notable experiences that you can share from Discover? Because there are a couple of things in the Discover program that we are not allowed to talk about. I do actually, and I'm glad you you asked this. Um, but one thing that I loved more than anything about my Discover class was just the difference in generations and mm-hmm. demographics. And so uh, it connected me, who at the time was probably, I think I was 30, um, connected me to folks that were close to retirement age yeah. um, and learning from them, being able to just call them. I mean, I'm four years removed, I think from Discover, five years removed mm-hmm. and still seeing them out in the community and seeing what they do um, really and truly like that's one of my favorite things about the Discover class. I don't know if anybody else would give that specific of an, an answer. Right. You know, but it's funny though, because I, I, I had a meeting with someone who was inquiring about Discover and they're like, oh, I don't know that I want to do it because I'll be the grandma. I don't want to be the grandma. Yeah, that- and it's, and it's just like, no, 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 no. It's, it's not that. And also honestly, like uh, our class, I know objectively who is much older than me, who's younger than me. Right. It doesn't matter. No, like it, it yeah. does. It, we are peers in yeah. the sense that we are all in this class together. We're all experiencing this and then everything else goes out the door. Yeah. So it, that part doesn't yeah. matter, yeah. but you're also with people that you probably normally would not that's, be around. That's it. And that's exactly what I mean. It, I was able to connect work with a generation that I would not really have been involved with otherwise yeah. it, it, without leadership Southern Indiana that puts, you know, several generations together. You know, I see people, my generation all the time, you know, we were these young professionals that are going to events, whether they're social or work related. So it was nice to get that mix yeah, lead, from Leadership Southern Indiana. Well, thank you. That's uh, that's nice to hear. So let's talk more about your team and your management style specifically, because they speak very highly of you as a boss. What would you say sort of influenced your management style, kind of shaped you into the leader you are in this role? Prior to the River Hills job, I actually didn't really have any management experience. Wow. Uh, yeah. You know, I had several bosses, whether it was an internship or one of the other previous jobs that I mentioned. I kind of made notes on what not to do Absolutely. when I had people underneath me. And that's kind of led me to where my management style uh, comes from. I think that's a very common experience where people are given their first opportunities to lead, to be managers, and really only have negatives to draw from, which can really take you either way. You, you can either know I'm not doing any of those things, or you think that's the only way to do it. So I want to transition from you. Talk about your team because you have an amazing team. As a matter of fact, one of the first times that we met uh, was at the River Hills annual dinner and you showed a video and you had your team on there talking about this culture that you created. And I don't know that I have ever been more impressed, (laughs) period, with any person's presentation on the culture and the importance that they, why they do it, how they do it. And then even unprompted, your entire team talking about it. Like it was very genuine, like, nope, this actually happens. This was not a video that was made for propaganda. Talk about the culture that you've created and then why it was important. Share all that. Yeah. Well, we touched on a little earlier, right? We, I said that uh, I, I worked for a few folks and I knew what not to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always, 
I always wanted to be that, that leader, that boss, whatever you want to call it, um, that really cared about the people more than the organization or the job, which is easy to say. It's very easy to say. Um, so let me back up. It's kind of a long story. So hopefully you can edit out the boring part. You know, we, we got to listen, listen, it's digital. So, you know, it's not like I'm, you're paying by the real here. Yeah. So, um, you know, COVID hit, uh, it was like two months when I took this job. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was, I mean, honestly, I, I, I say this jokingly sometimes, but I mean it like I was at home kind of twiddling my thumbs. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Mm-hmm. How can I help the community? I didn't know exactly what River Hills did when, yeah. I, when I started this role. And so it was kind of a blessing and a curse. I'll never say that COVID was a good thing, but at least, you know, I took, I found a silver lining. Right. It gave me time to really figure out what I needed to do for River Hills and how we can be most impactful for the community. And so when I was at home during COVID, I went through our policy handbook and I just looked through it and I was like, this is not good. This is bad. This is good. Let's improve that, you know, that type of stuff. And so it started at that point. I said, I'm going to make this in office culture fun. I'm going to make it flexible. Yeah. You know, all the things that not even just my generation wants, but the things that make you look at an employee as a person rather right. than, you know, a paid employee. One of the biggest pieces you should know is ever from day one, I've trusted my employees. Um, and I, I don't, I don't even like to use that word employee. I've trusted my team yeah. um, simply because without that trust, you know, it definitely, it would hesitate. I would have hesitations to just say, okay, go home for three weeks and work on your laptop, right? Without any of oversight or manage, you know, accountability, right? right. So like COVID was, everybody got that flexibility because they were forced to. Right. But then without trust, everybody, I feel like some of those offices were like, okay, you guys got to come back in the, in the office now. Yeah. There's no more flexibility Yeah, because we got to do this in this office that we pay for and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and I have to see you working yeah. to know that you're working. Yeah. 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 So I, I took a good hard look at that policy handbook and then I implemented things that should have been in there that just make logical sense for people to have. Like, like you have any examples or I do, you know, one of the things that we got rid of that I've actually loved talking about is a sign in sheet. Um, we, you all had a sign in sheet like for workers. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You had to walk in and you had to sign a sheet and you had to put the time. If you walked out for a walk or a cigarette break, if the people do that anymore, you had to sign out. What? And so that was that was gone immediately. Okay, that was yeah. yeah. Super proud about that one, even though it seems small. But well, people well, loved but it. it's it's that first impression as yeah. an employee you walk yeah. in. It's like your time all of your time here has to be accounted for and I will nickel and dime you. Yep. Like no, one hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The other thing uh, right out the gate is when I walked in, I we pick a Friday every month. We all go to lunch. <laughs> We, I pay for dinner, lunch, whatever that is. And then everybody goes home. Uh, I go back and cover the office. So the entire team goes home. They get half a day on a Friday, once a month kind of thing. Um, and so, and that's still, that's still going on today. Yeah, once, once, a, once uh, a month. I think the last one I saw was Top Golf. That yep, was the one yep, you went exactly. on. That looked fun. Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun, man. Yeah. Uh, what, was there like an 80, Was there an eighties theme to it? So one of one of the team members, Sarah, I think she found that windbreaker at a uh, consignment shop. That was impressive. Yeah, she spent seven bucks on that, and uh, and then we all were like, I have a windbreaker at home, and then and then, <laughs> and then like, the conversation basically went from if we do this, the wind won't stand a chance. <laughs> 
So, so we did that. And yeah, yeah we were at Top Golf. They saw us and uh, they gave us a free dessert and posted on their social media because we were dressed like 80s. Well, I mean, so, I mean, the swagger. So, so we do that once a month. And, and Top Golf, yeah, you're right, Jesse. It was just recently, but um, we have a lot of fun together. And, and I, again, it goes back to that just creating that culture. So I don't view them as employees um, because I know that I can't do what I do without them behind me being a team. That was how I created that culture just from day one. And then like some of the more, what I would say, institutional policies that we wanted to make sure were in there was we reevaluated our PTO time, things like that. And we became more flexible. Um, things like, hey, your son or daughter has a doctor's appointment. Go. Right. Please go. Don't think that you have to just take off PTO, you know, for something that really is out of your control. Right. Things like that. Um, and then most, I would say probably the biggest, most recent change we made to our policies, we actually implemented a maternity paternity policy. There was, there was nothing in there. That's huge. We relied on FMLA, which we weren't required to. Um, but so we actually give 12 weeks fully paid. Wow. Um, it's subsidized by FMLA if possible, or um, we subsidize it with short-term disability if possible. But regardless, River Hills makes that employee salary whole for that 12 weeks. That's that's huge. Was that a little bit inspired by uh, by your own home life? Because you yourself are a parent. You have you have a son, correct? I have one. Yeah, I just turned a year old in December. Congratulations. So, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, you know, again, I go back to you know, my mom was always the one that was able to take us to and from doctor's offices, to and from school and things like that. So I, I do go back to what I said. I think that having that flexibility, I mean, um, you know, my dad was always working. He was, right. he was a, a lineman for Duke Energy for, for 40 something years. And so he was on call and always working and, and gave us a great life as, as kids and stuff like that. So, but my mom seemed to be the one that needed that flexibility, especially early on, which mm -hmm. she was a Discover grad. I should have mentioned that earlier. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got, we got a um, multi-generations. I did not yeah, realize yeah, that. Yeah, this was Shame then, on me for then, not doing the research. That's nah, all your fault. So, but yeah, I think in the late nineties, my mom went through the program. So absolutely. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my yeah. mom is in elevate currently. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we have a little bit of that too. So dueling like yeah, at the same time, we're both class of 23. She's elevate. I'm discover. Holy cow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, but yes, I think a lot of that growing up kind of made me molded me to be the way that I am in terms of, um, you know, getting that flexibility you know, for whatever it is. Like I, I, I truly, I, I, I have this mentality with my team. If you are getting your work done, yeah, I don't care. Like I just, absolutely. I, uh, I do not care. And if I need you, I will call you mm -hmm. like I, and I won't call you after hours either. I, right. I won't text you or anything like that. If I email you, get back to me the next day kind of thing. Right. But the reason why I like it is because I have no idea what my next role in, in my career will be. And I may not be able to make decisions like this right. or implement things like this, but if nothing else, I can at least take my knowledge and my skill set of what we did implement onto that next level to try and promote things like this. Well, I was going to say, what I hope is, you know, whatever that next step is for you, whenever that happens, I don't want, I don't want anybody thinking like, Oh, he's not, looking. No, no, nope, nope. Um, but you have a track record now. Yeah. Well, you know, Corey, one thing we haven't talked about yet, but I do think we need to bring up is, uh, the gender makeup of your team. I am, uh, I'm the only male in the office. Yeah. Which really shouldn't matter, except it, you know, to me, it stands out. We just finished our, our first breakfast series 
which the overall theme is women in leadership. And we put a special focus on male, traditionally male-driven industries. And we had a great group of panelists that talked about their leadership journey and especially how hard it was for them to succeed in cultures that are workplace cultures that were not what you've created. Uh, and, and I say what you've created because I hear that from Apoorva. I hear that from Melissa. I hear that from pretty much every member of your team. It's a good example. You know, it, the small tangent I'll go on, you know, a lot of people ask that particular breakfast series. They're like, well, I'm a man. Can I go? Mm. Absolutely. Because it's also important for men in leadership roles to hear these stories and to hear how we can do better, how we can foster those environments. It is. And I will tell you, I mean, I think, you know, uh, there's been folks in my life that have been um, mentors and I've always looked up to, um, you know, grandfather being one, but also my mom. You know, and I think that watching her, you know, she was uh, she she was a stay at home mom for a few years, but then she went to work and she had to have flexibility. And so she had to take like a part time job kind of. And so that's kind of what I think helped influence me when I'm putting together this policy. I always I always think like whether I'm a mom or a dad, I'm going to need flexibility here and I'm going to need certain benefits to stay in this career with having kids or having kids in the future. And so I think that when I'm looking at this policy handbook, you know, through almost three years ago now, I just kind of asked myself, I said, how can we be productive? How can we be good for the community, but also make sure that we're seen as humans in the workplace as, you know, cause we're moms and dads and we're aunts and uncles and we're cousins and sisters and brothers. Yeah. And so we've got to be able to have a life outside of this office. I just hope that that trend continues because I love being that dad, right? right. I love being the guy that gets to go pick up his kid and take him right. to a doctor's office or, you know, in the future, we got to make sure we're at ball practice by, you know, 3 p.m. or don't, something. Don't, don't. Uh, I got a seven-year-old and, and an almost three-year-old. Don't don't wish for that. Because so you're a free it, Uber driver is what you are. That's all I am. Yeah. That is all I am between daycare and my son's like, I was a zero sport athlete. My son is like a three sport athlete mm. at, at seven. So yeah. don't, 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 don't wish enjoy, that evil upon yes, myself. enjoy okay. the one year, like enjoy it now okay. Okay. because oh, it, it gets exciting for a second. Oh, then you're man. coaching, mm-hmm. you know, then, yeah. you know, oh man, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. You're coaching, you're shut, you're shuttling, you're, you're doing all this. Like it, it becomes a lot. It's, it is very, it's the best kind of work yeah but it also becomes like it, it, a, a second and then yeah. sometimes third yeah. job yeah. yeah so so yeah. patience yeah i have definitely eaten up uh more than an, uh, a fair share of your time no, so you're fine um is there anything anything that you want to add about you know your leadership experience your journey uh, anything that messages to the next generation of leaders or if we have any oh, next gosh. gen kiddos any any advice anything that you want to share I love this question because I was at the breakfast series and those four amazing women gave so much good advice. Um, And, you know, as I left and I was just kind of thinking, I was like, one thing that I would love to tell kids um, that are the next generation is probably something about don't take everything as criticism. If right. I I see you sighing there. I get it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I'm one of those people that, uh, someone may give me advice and a lot of times I take it as criticism Mm -hmm. and that sometimes is something I I know myself needs to work on. So that would be, you know, the next generation. And I, one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to be able to do is sit on the next gen committee for leadership Southern Indiana. And if, if I had the time, I would be there. Um, so when I'm a stay at home dad, 
bad, right. I will be back on the next right. gen committee um, because I think that is one of the most impactful programs that, that you guys do, but also in our region because kind of shaping the mind of those 17 year olds and those juniors. Right. And so that was always fun, but that would probably be my advice for those kiddos. The other thing is, is I listened to your first podcast and I have to tell you, and she probably knows this, but Emily, I actually applied for that job too. Whoa. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So, okay. I didn't so, know that. Uh-huh. She may know that, may not know that, but I have got to give her kudos because I have seen the things that she has done uh, in the past couple of years mm-hmm. in that role. And I am just so impressed. They made the absolute right choice. So hopefully this piece gets edited in because I've never been able to tell her that because we just haven't crossed paths as much as I thought we would. But uh, she did an amazing job on this podcast. She's a great cheerleader for Leadership Southern Indiana. Um, and that was an awesome thing. I, I can't, I, I can't agree with you more about, about that. Thank you for all the work that you've done, not just in Southern Indiana in your role, but also being a good role model and being a good leader to aspire to, because, you know, there are a lot of people in our generation. I think, I think the term is geriatric millennial. We're getting there. Um, you know, but that are finally getting those leadership opportunities and sometimes they're prepared, sometimes they're not. And so always being able to seek out those good examples and what people are doing the right way, I think is very important in being that. So thank you for sharing that with us. No, you're absolutely welcome. I just, I, I see our generation and I see the leadership roles are being given to our generation more and more these days. And I am like you, I am very impressed. And I love seeing people from outside of this region come here Absolutely. and get these leadership roles. I, I see people like a, I, a John Lonis at One Southern yeah. Indiana. He was at Ivy Tech, right? Like John's a rock star. Yeah. I hope he stays here forever. He's, a, he's in my right? Discover class. So. Yeah. 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 You know, people like that. And we've lost people. And that's what, yeah. that's what bugs me is, you know, we've lost some great people. And that's, that's one of my missions, Jesse, long-term is, you know, I want to keep outsiders here that I know are just impactful in our region. Uh, I don't want to lose them to an Asheville, North Carolina or, right. or Denver, because that's the cool place to be, or that's the cool place to go. I want to make our region that region. Yeah. So. And we could, we could go off on another hour about quality of place projects and Easily. the roles that they play. But, yeah. uh, I think I'll, I think I'll end it here and, uh, you know, maybe next time we'll get in on this cause I'm sure I'll have you back at some point, but hey, uh, I, Jesse, I'm honored. Uh, leadership Southern Indiana is one of the best organizations with in our region, if not in our nation that I know of. Um, so congratulations on, on getting this up and going. I'm honored to be your second uh, podcast mm-hmm. E. I don't know if that's well, a, So a Emily interview. beat you out for two things now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I didn't see it as that. Oh man. Well, oh. either way, she, she was the right choice in both senses. So well, yeah, I guess you're right. But thanks again, Jesse. Thank you again, Corey. And by the way, remember, if you liked this episode, there is a bonus additional episode where Corey talks specifically more about River Hills, what they do for our community, Ready Grant, uh, possibility of Ready 2.0, lots of that stuff. So you should be able to listen to that uh, either have before or after this. So that is available for you as well. Uh do me a favor. If you enjoyed this podcast, like, subscribe, rate, review, all of that fun stuff. It helps more people know about the podcast. It also uh, makes me look good, which is always a, a nice thing. And uh, also, if you subscribe, I, we will be doing smaller little supplemental podcasts between our interviews throughout the month. So you'll get notifications for that as well. If you've got any more any questions about Leadership Southern Indiana, specifically what we do, our programs, we have a lot of our program applications are getting ready to open in the next couple of months. 
or membership. I just go to leadershipsi.org. You'll find all the information and the best ways to get a hold of us. So thank you once again for listening.